Dear Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. Sister Mary Helen. I'm Sylvana Scarf. And waiting in the airport somewhere is... <laughs> Tyler McClure. How are you guys? Well, we're, well you're, you're getting on the pilgrimage way early. I know, just getting ahead of the game. So we wanted to change that intro, actually. Uh, ins and outs of university life and being a pilgrim. And being a pilgrim. I like it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. So here we are. We had a little bit of a break, but we are just enjoying Easter. But heading... Very, very quickly toward us is the Great Feast of Pentecost. And so we thought we might just do um, what worked last year, <laughs> which is pick up another of Father Jacques Philippe's amazing books. And this one is in the School of the Holy Spirit. Um, Perfect preparation for Pentecost. That's what we thought. So he breaks it into three chapters. We thought we'd do three podcasts Why and not? just make it work. Mm-hmm. So Sylvana's going to bring her... Wonderful knowledge. Father is getting inspired in the airport, and you just never know <laughs> what might happen in this podcast. You never, you never know. Come you never. Well, <laughs> these things go off the rails when we're all in the same room. So imagine what they're going to be like when we're, we're spread across the country. That's it. And someone in that airport lounge is going to receive something amazing. <laughs> exactly. They're going to go. Oh, that's an interesting conversation. So just, I, I better explain. I, I've been in Sydney um, at a national World Youth Day meeting. So that's why we're talking about uh, the airport. But it's um, it's exciting to know that all over our country at the moment, people are getting ready to go on pilgrimage. Um, but Sister Mary Helen and I, we, we were talking before about the fact that pilgrimage is something. Um, and uh, Archbishop Prowse spoke to us this morning about the fact that the great pilgrimage of life. And so it's. Whether you're going to World Youth Day or not, like this idea of going on a journey, um, especially in this season of Easter, is a is a it speaks to everyone. That's it. Yeah, the pilgrimage to heaven. That's where we're really going. And all these other pilgrimages we're doing just remind us of that. I think we often yep. forget that we're actually pilgrims. On we're the going to heaven. Yeah, like I think we forget until we actually formally officialize it, um, like something like World Youth Day. But really, we are every day going on pilgrimage. That's it. So we have 13 weeks to go until World Youth Day, but who knows when heaven will come? We'll just start heaven now. So we'll um, also just get this podcast starting now. Just one second. (laughs) You're listening to the You Disciple podcast, where we put the you in disciple. Pentecost, hey? Birthday of the church. Yes. Outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm ready. I'm No, I'm not ready. I want to be more ready. Mm, me too. Yeah. Which is why we're reading this book, right? Yeah. Do you do the thing on Pentecost where you, you know, pick a gift? Will you do this? I don't know why I feel like I have to make fun on every major feast day, but I'll do some kind of Pentecost game where I'll make little things and if I have to pick out of a hat and go, ooh, ooh, I got the gift of whatever oh wow <coughs> i've not thought of that before but even like 
almost like choosing the word for the year. Yeah. You can choose like a gift or fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and it's much more fun when you pick it out of a hat because you feel like maybe it shows you. Yeah. <laughs> I just locked myself in a room with the doors and closed an upper room. <laughs> just right now? <laughs> no, for Pentecost. Oh. That's, where the, that's where the apostle... No, I don't. No, I don't. okay. All right. We're all a bit silly. No, but it, it's great because it's that transition as well between... Easter and all, all of the joy of Easter into ordinary time again. Mm. And it's that sort of, there's a real sort of sense of, okay, Easter tide is over and now we, we're getting ready. But that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit sends us into the ordinariness of our daily life. Like that not everything is big celebrations and joy all the time, but that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are there for us to really use in, in the day-to-day of our ordinary lives. Yeah, I like that. Mm, me too. That ordinary actually is pretty amazing if you're living it with the Holy Spirit. And the ordinary is the norm. Like it's it's what we normally live day to day, right? So it's um, beautiful to really think that the Holy Spirit walks with us through all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's crack open the book. So Father Jacques Philippe has a challenge. He throws out a challenge and he says that this book is really about um, – for people who desire to love God as much as he possibly can be loved. And he throws out a challenge. He says, if you've, maybe you've never aspired to that. And if not, I beg, I ask you that you now beg the Holy Spirit to put that desire in you. And even leave you restless until you have that inspiration or that aspiration. Ooh, it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it... um. It places us in a position of being open, mm-hmm. um, but also that it's God's action. Yeah. First principle, God. God gives us a desire to love him. Mm. Like regularly people say to us, I want to love God more. It's like, well, ask God yeah. to help you to love him more. Like he, he is the first mover behind all things, yeah. including our desires. Exactly. I love it. So anyone out there who has never had this desire... This is the challenge. Let's ask him to give us the desire. And for all of us who maybe have aspired to it, but maybe it grew cold, good time to renew. Ask God for the gift to renew the desire to love him as much as he possibly can be loved by each of us, right? Even making that a daily prayer. Yeah, awesome. Lord, give me the grace to the desire to love you more. Yeah, awesome. But it can be scary. And last time we we, were, we met up with our seminarians, we were talking about like following the Lord and that desire to love him more and be open to him can be scary because we often know that he he then asks things of us in return. So sometimes we can be a bit afraid to ask for that desire. That's true. And that's where Archbishop Peter kicked off the game a little early. He had a plan, I think, because he got the whole archdiocese praying for a whole weekend with Mary to be able to say yes to whatever God is asking of us. So he, you know, like let's do 48 hours of the whole archdiocese on our knees asking for the grace to say yes, um, like Mary. Fiat. Fiat. Mm. Yeah, awesome. And the World Youth Day theme is also about Mary saying yes and not just saying yes and sitting there, but saying yes and getting up and going off in haste to serve. Responding to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the premise of this whole book is the shortcut to heaven is faithfulness to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Basically, arise and go in haste. Love it. We should stop here. We're done. (laughs) It's done. The the shortest podcast. I think Mary, like we see in Mary, and that's where there is this really great synergy between obviously the theme for World Youth Day and the Feast of Annunciation. And what we're talking about today is this idea of Mary being that ultimate example to us of someone who was willing to be open to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't mean she didn't wrestle with it, uh, but she was willing to be open to what what the Holy Spirit had in store for her. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so that leads into the beginning because he says, all right, so this first chapter is pretty short, 21 pages, not that bad, and the pages are minuscule. But he has three little points in it. And the first one is, okay, holiness, if we want holiness, which he challenged us to desire, we have to acknowledge it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And the first part of that is being able to accept that we cannot do it by our own power. And so we have to, um, and that requires us that our work then, so we don't just sit back and go, okay, God, you do it. If you want me holy, you make me holy. No. He says, no, we put in an effort, but then direct our effort towards exactly that being open. Like we have to actually fight to be open because what stops us from being open? Like you said, the seminarians were saying, yeah, it's like a fear. What? could he do if I open that much and fear of the unknown I think that's something that we get often paralyzed by it's like I don't know what's going to happen if I do open my life to the Lord like yeah I like and that's paralyzing for, for, for many people and I think it's um but how do we navigate this it's really learning to to trust that the Lord is good yeah and that he wants what is best for us absolutely and opening our hearts to to that and to him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Any thoughts on that, Father? I just, yeah, really love how he speaks about, yeah, this idea of fighting. Like we have to fight for our own holiness, but mm-hmm. where are we directing our efforts? Like what what is the end of our fighting? And it's, it's that we can't do it on our own. Mm-hmm. We, can't, we can't make ourselves holy, but we can let, God act in us yeah. without putting resistance. So the first thing we need to fight for is is that, that gift of humility and that letting down of the barriers and letting down letting down of the actual belief that we can do it on our own mm-hmm. and that we can achieve our own holiness. Yeah. Where it's actually like and I think that's really countercultural in today's world, in today's society, because we we we're told that if we work hard enough and if we try hard enough, we can achieve anything. And we should. We should We should strive. We're, we're actually saying, well, no, God can achieve it in us. Yeah. And that's, that's not what we hear from, from the world around us. Right. Yeah, it's a funny – the faith seems to be full of these interesting juxtapositions, you know. Be humble and, and admit your weakness, but then give yourself completely – but but the way that we do that is in cooperation, not in controlling mm. or managing. What, what, what does that look like practically, sister? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of the things is just accepting what comes into our life. And, and that takes a lot of practice. Just um, I think Savannah was just saying 
trusting, do I actually really think, do I look at the world as a, a flat two-dimensional reality or do I look at the world and really when I look out, I believe that I'm in the hands of a loving God and that he provides all that I need and that he wants more for me than I could ever want for myself. Now, if I think that way, then I can accept my present whole reality, the people that are in it, the circumstances, the events, my own weakness, the weakness of others. I can accept all of it because I can trust he can figure this out. This is part of, he can make this all work. I don't understand it, but he does. So then I can kind of let go a little bit and just do my best in the moment rather than fight against what's happening in the moment. And I think also... <laughs> you go further. I was just going to say, I think this is one thing that we see on pilgrimage, um, like I'm going on a pilgrimage, is that we're actually stripped of things. Um, we're stripped away from the sort of the things that we normally clutch to or hold to or give us comfort. And that forces us in a way to to look to the Lord. And so I think on a really practical level, even if we're not going on our pilgrimage, but um, in our daily lives, what what sort of things can we strip away a little bit to to see um, and give space for us to see that reliance on God? Mm. I think as well, it's it's a letting go of this idea that we're in control of everything. Um, and and you're right, Father. Like pilgrimage allows us to really kind of strip back. Um, to a degree, the things that might be distracting us from um, the Lord being able to speak into our hearts because we're so distracted by the bazillion different things that we have to do because we're juggling so much, right? And I think um, this idea of being able to acknowledge that the Lord has everything in control, like we, and, and it takes the weight off us. Yeah. Like this yeah, burden is lifted where you... Like, all right, I actually don't have to, one, have it all together or two, be the person that controls everything that happens in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And pilgrimage helps you do that because you're in a completely different circumstance Mm -hmm. where you can then be open because the comforts aren't there. Mm -hmm. Things might get a little bit um, uncomfortable physically for you, but also even just... Um, relationally with others like pushes you to limits where you kind of almost have to die to self in a different way yeah I think it opens you out to new experiences because mm-hmm. if you as you get older realize more and more your limitations what you can control gets so small that you'd be stuck in a little tiny room you you, you of what you think you can control mm-hmm. and that you know you're only breathing today because the Lord is keeping you in being so yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah just being able to hope that hope in God and in his providence and his goodness opens, expands out the world um, and, yeah, lets us be children in it. Mm. We were um, in, in small groups on the weekend, had our first taste of small groups for World Youth Days and people were chatting about the, the gift that it is when you go on a pilgrimage and you step away from your work that your daily question becomes what is God saying what is God doing you're hungry you're the whole reason you're going is to find him and that's your that's where your attention is and what a blessing that is 
And I think we often don't get that opportunity mm. unless maybe we might go on a retreat, for example, to kind of step away from, from the world. But it's like, how can I reorientate my heart in the day-to-day mm. to seek the Lord as a pilgrim yeah. in my daily life? Mm-hmm. A reminder of that. I think one of the other things we see as well on pilgrimage, um, and Father Jacques Philippe speaks about this in the book, is around the fact that like that holiness that we seek, um, and he says it here, it's that it's revealed to us by degrees mm-hmm. as we journey on. Yep. And that it can often be something different to what we imagine. Yes. And it's like we need to be ready for God to reveal it to us in his time, not our own time. Exactly. And so we need to be ready to persevere a little in, in the struggle. Um, sometimes I think we can become a little discouraged or disheartened by God not responding as quickly or as fast. Mm-hmm. But again, this idea of humility is that willingness to to allow God to reveal it to us in his time mm-hmm. and trusting that he knows when we're going to be ready to receive what it is that he has to offer rather than we know when we are ready to receive what he has to offer. Yes. Are you in that second section, Father, about how only God knows each person's road? Uh, and uh, yeah, so if we drop our own plan, we might miss God's timing and God's ways. Yeah. And then we won't have what I love in when he makes one of the, he makes three points in there. But one of them I really like is, well, if we make our own plan and we make our own program of what we think is the best, fastest way to get to heaven, <laughs> um, we don't have the confidence that we have the grace to fulfill that plan. Um, so we miss out on the grace that would be sure, surely given to us when we're you know, docilely, you know, faithfully responding to his actually actual plan as he reveals it to us in time. And again, we see this in the life of Mary. In, in being open to the promise of the Holy Spirit, he changes her life dramatically. Like she comes out of that encounter with the with the archangel and and her life changes forever. But it's his plan and therefore it is and Father Jack speaks about infinitely more beautiful than what, what she could ever have imagined. Mm-hmm. But because she was open to what he was asking and willing to be uh, open to how it will be different or hard or challenging or ask more of her, um, so much grace for the world was available because of that. And that's the same with each one of us. What he's going to ask of us and what he wants to reveal to us and how he wants to make us holy might be very different to what it is that we expect, but we can trust that it will be much more beautiful and will be uh, an avenue of grace for the world Mm -hmm. if we're willing to do it. Yeah, so he, I think, so, I mean, I'm just thinking of someone listening to this going, okay, what are you saying? There, the, he, we don't just sit back and wait for something to happen. So you're saying there's certain things that are God's general rule, general will for everyone. So we know for sure that, you know, reading scripture and making time for prayer and following the commandments and they're basic. So we can direct our attention there. But at the same time, and that takes a lot of effort in these days anyway, but, um, but then there's these individual inspirations that we need to learn to discern, which I think next week we'll go into some real tips of how do you discern what 
he might be asking or might not be asking. But just the concept he presents here is, well, yeah, there might be there's specific individual things. So, for example, he says, um, there, there's just so many fronts. Okay, you desire perfection. Great. He says, there's so many things, so many different virtues. Like, we can't fight on all fronts. Um, and we don't really know how to, where to give priority. So, if we put our attention into to sitting and discerning on um, what he's asking us, what he's giving to us in the day, then we know we have the grace to respond and then also when we respond to that grace we're strengthened and can apply that to the next thing that he's going to show us down the line Mm -hmm. I think um one of the beautiful parts that I love of this this chapter is that he says God calls us to perfection but he's not a perfectionist and I I think when I read that I was like oh wow like it was a reminder of like I think we can often put so much pressure on ourselves to uh, that, that our life needs to look a certain way or even our, our path to holiness needs to look a certain way. But then it continues and says, and perfection is reached not so much by external conformity to an ideal as by inner faithfulness to God's inspirations. Yes. So it's that fidelity yeah. of our heart to the Lord, mm-hmm. um, which is simply what he asks of us. <laughs> mm. um, I um, had the great uh, honour of... Uh, being on a retreat with Father Jacques uh, a few years back, and he also spoke about the great temptation to worry about the past or to be overly concerned about the future. Mm-hmm. And he said these are, are two great temptations because they draw us away from the present. And that's that. Okay, we we all have history and we all have sins in our in our past that can worry us. We all have things to worry about about what God might be calling us for in the future uh, yet it's both of those times draw us away from where we're actually being called to achieve that holiness now mm-hmm. and that fidelity and that's today yeah what what is God calling me to today and if I am faithful today to where he is calling me then grace grows on that and I will be more faithful tomorrow and the day after and the day after so not being overly worried about the past or the future um, for these are these are temptations, and they draw us away from where we can actually really grow in holiness, and where the Holy Spirit really wants to act in our life, and that's today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He writes it down here as a spiritual law. He says we will. This is on page twenty. If you're reading along, he says we will obtain the grace to be faithful in the important things that at present we find impossible, by dint of being faithful in the little things within our grasp especially when those little things are the ones that the Holy Spirit asks of us by calling to our hearts with his inspirations. I think it's very beautiful. It's very possible. And I think it's the heart of St. Therese's little way that um, Father yeah. Jacques Philippe is really fond of. <laughs> the last little section he has is, is really just hammering that point. A faithfulness to, faithfulness to grace draws down further grace. Um, and there's all sorts of examples. He gives them in different books about this. Of Oh, you might feel like, oh, I need to stay up and work harder and get this thing done before I go to bed, where actually the Holy Spirit's saying, just drop it. I can take care of that and just come and be with me for a moment and just leave that. I'll handle your your stuff until the morning. Um, yeah, like being able to discern which which way to go. 
And in which ways, like, the Holy Spirit is kind of tugging on our heart? Mm. Like, where is grace? Sometimes it can be so subtle, like, we're walking past a church and we might know the right thing to do or or the Lord might be calling me in, but you don't have time. Mm. And so it's like, but actually, no, I think I'm just going to pop my head in, right? It's that ascent to the Lord of the heart and then we choose to act on it. And I think it's that grace is given for the present moment. Um, and in ascending to those, those moments of grace, um, we're more aware internally, I think, of the other, the promptings that come. Mm-hmm. Um in the future. Yeah. Beautiful. And I think an important part of that, that Silvana is actually fostering uh, an attitude within our day that we're actually listening for those promptings. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that. And again, one of the challenges is that we live in times where everything is filled with noise and distraction and busyness that so often we, we there's not even a space to hear that prompting mm-hmm. um, in the silence of our hearts. And again, the link to pilgrimage, like one of the beauties of pilgrimage is that there's actually a fair bit of silence. And so it's actually much more easy to, to hear those little promptings. Mm-hmm. And so how can we do that in our, in our daily life, mm-hmm. in, our, in our life as students or workers or, um, yeah, young professionals? How, how can we foster a, a spirit of listening to the prompting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I'm just thinking of pilgrimage and sometimes those promptings, or usually those promptings of the Holy Spirit are just some kind of generosity and so there's a resistance. But if we just give in and, and just bite the bullet and do the kind thing, then um, this often the Holy Spirit will then console us with some kind of joy and then we get excited. Oh, do it again, do it again, do it again. <laughs> it's like jumping into the pool uh, when someone's going to catch you. Like, yeah, do it again. At the beginning, it's uh, a bit nerve-wracking, but later you get sort of into a thing. Um, and this fidelity to grace draws down more grace. Um, I find, I was trying to explain to some students a couple of weeks ago about discerning, being able to discern these things. I was like, have you noticed what happens to you as a person? When you're in what I would call yes mode or fiat mode, you're, you're in a habit of responding quickly to grace. Like what happens to the way that you think, to your emotions, to everything? Um, and I think I notice even in myself that I see more opportunities. Once I've responded to some, I see so many more. Uh, um, but if I'm not responding, I close in my world a little smaller into what I can manage or... Yeah, and then you shrink it, but but this this responding to grace is is full of joy. And I think generosity breeds generosity. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think as well, it's um, it becomes more of a focus on the other. Like it's like, what's the Lord doing in my heart? How is He asking me to respond? As opposed to this is just me mm-hmm. in my little world. Like it's 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 enabling us to go out to others. And I think, and that's what. Mary did after the Annunciation, right? She arose and went with haste yep. to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who was also with child, who was barren. Like it was like this totally unexpected, like two incredible moments in history mm-hmm. um, where a barren woman becomes pregnant mm-hmm. in her old age and our blessed mother conceived like the redeemer of the world mm-hmm. um, through the Holy Spirit. Like these incredible moments where... Um, there was a real kind of response yeah. 
to the movement of the Holy Spirit, to what God was asking. And it became about the other in that gift of self. Yeah. And what's striking, I think, when you go there, for those who've been there, you go to Ankarim in that moment and it just it struck me that whole place is full of song. You know, the Magnificat, the Benedictus, the, they're all born there and we sing them daily. There's this joyful overflow of, we all said, yes, can you believe what's going on? This is crazy. Anyway, all right, we'll be back in a second. This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. All right, Father, are you getting on a plane? I'm getting on a plane. So <laughs> next, next week I'll be back in the back in the studio. Back in the hot seat. Okay, wonderful. And next week we will go through the new questions. How do we recognize and distinguish the motions of the Holy Spirit? Does everyone receive them? How often? All sorts of new questions that Father Jacques Philippe will cover. And we'll see people around at various World Youth Day things. We will. Yes. Can't wait. Okay. Thanks, Ivana. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Father. Cheers. God bless. Bye. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. The New Disciple Podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.